Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Skadoosh. Boys, I woke up this morning and by God, I'm feeling the cheesiest. What a game. What a season. What a way to cap it off. There was drama. There was intrigue. There were twists and turns. There were toasted crackers. It had everything that you could want for a post-Christmas late present. And the Knowles outlasts a very spirited effort from the Oklahoma Sooners. They win 35-32. Florida State gets its first 10 win season since 2016. The program's on the rise. Players are coming in. Fans are feeling good. And by God, I'm exhausted, man. We are going to take a whole lot of time to kind of take the season in retrospect and talk about all the twists and turns that happened this game, this season. We'll, we'll do that later in the coming weeks. But right now, I want to talk about how the Cheese Bowl was won. And I'm here with my two best buddies, my compadres, Adam Brown, Kevin Little. How you doing, Cheese Boys? You feeling good? Feeling 10 and 3. Feeling 10 and 3, baby. Feeling good. Kev, how are you doing? Feeling the cheesiest. Feeling the cheesiest, looking good. You kind of got like that nice little like porn set lighting glow in the background. <laughs> Very tasteful, like squares of some Man, kind. My mom's watching this. You look like a million bucks. Hey, Mama Brown, boys. It, it had everything. I thought that it was surprising. There were some multiple storylines. Um, Florida State responded to adversity like they have all year. We knew this team was not going to roll over and die. Um, there were some interesting storylines. Uh, the offense sputtering in the first half I thought was interesting. They obviously picked it up more through the air. Johnny Wilson is an absolute animal. He did great. I was surprised at – I thought that Florida State was play outplayed in the trenches for a, a decent amount of the game, but they still came back. Ryan Fitzgerald, Cotton Fitzsimmons, the return. <laughs> what a nice redemption arc for him as well. And it, it was good, dude. It was a feel-good moment. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the game, but I thought one of the things that happened wasn't even necessarily a play on the field. You know, Jazz Turntine, he went down. Obviously, prayers for him that looked like a pretty gruesome injury. I'd never seen anything like that where the entire team emptied on the field to go meet him at the cart, man. And it was – this team has come so far. Like, this yeah. was a great season. There's bigger, there's bigger things to come. I think that there's even better things to come especially with the pieces you're adding, the pieces you're bringing back, the pieces that may or may not come back to be announced. But sky's the limit, man. I feel like a million bucks. How are you guys feeling right now? You know, I think, I think I'm feeling pretty good. I think during the game it was easy to get kind of down. Um, this Oklahoma team is a good team. Uh, according, according to F+, which is a mixture of FC+, and FEI+, uh, they're, they're the 23rd best team in the country, 23rd best offense. Their defense is 50th in the country. So, okay, but, but not as bad as, as the national narrative wants to make them out to be. This is, a, this is a good win, not as dominant as a lot of people were wanting, but kind of what I think was expected from, uh, from, from my perspective. And I think there's a lot of frustrations that we can take away from this game, but I think there's a lot of good we can take away from it too. 
I think so, too. And I think I was one of those people that expected a larger margin of victory just because of the opt-outs that Oklahoma had. I will say, dude, hat tip to Brent Venables. I thought, you know, a lot of these bowl games are just they're almost determined before the game even starts based on how much the team wants to be there. Venables coached them up, man. Great schemes. Uh, their offensive coordinator is a stud. I thought Dylan Gabriel had some really timely runs, made some big plays. Uh, but Venables had them coached up and ready to play, man. That was one of Oklahoma's best performances of the entire season. Probably their best when you think about how much they lost. So it, I, I'm with you, Kev. I think that um, Oklahoma was underrated. Uh, and I think it's a really good win. Now, there's some things. I, I, I'm almost kind of glad that the win happened this way because you win, you do get the 10-win season that everybody was striving for that few predicted this year. But it does show that, um, yeah, Kev, you do look like you'd be like stroking a hairless cat. It's like a James Bond villain right now. It's a very prescient comment. Um, I think it's good because you win the game, you get all the good stuff, your, your good players played good, but there's some stuff you got to improve, man. You're not there yet in the trenches, especially Fabian Lovett did not play this game. That was apparent. You got eight up in the run game, man. OU kind of got whatever they wanted to on the ground for most of the game. So I think now, obviously, the coaches know that. Braden Fisk coming in, Western Michigan transfer, Daryl Jackson, Miami transfer coming in. Um, they know that. So I think ultimately it's a good thing. Like you, you get the feel good moment, but you know that you still have to improve. The climb is not over. A Adam, do you agree? Um, are you more positive after the win? Um, how, what's your, what's your temperature like big man? Yeah, I don't, I think this win was a lot. I feel after this win, like I did most of the year, very excited. You continue to see the growth and the climb of this program, things that I want to see continue to improve from a coaching aspect. Um, especially on the defensive side of the ball, was a little disappointed and frustrated that I don't know if they thought they were just going to roll over this team. It seemed like early they didn't quite know how to handle the game. Uh, thought they came out. I don't know if they kind of gave it all in the pregame and kind of came out flat or just, like I said, I mean, thought that they were going to roll. They just didn't seem like themselves early in the football game. And I thought Oklahoma capitalized on that, and then they were slowly able to kind of climb back into it and get obviously come out with a victory. Um, you know, I, I want to continue to see more growth on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. But offensively, these guys are just dangerous. They continue to make plays, even if they even if they take two steps forward and one step back with drops and whatnot. Um, shout out to the offensive line. OU was doing so much movement, throwing a ton of crap at them. Yeah, they continue to handle it very well on the night, uh, not as successfully as they have in some recent games. But I thought that was a pretty talented OU front. They were able to do a pretty good job uh, of handling them. For the most part, my dog's trying to get on the couch. What's oh, up, Puppy she's, Brown? Yeah, she's dude. A, I, she's an old girl. She's an old girl, so she's I, allowed I, to do whatever the hell she wants. I agree with you, man. As far as, like, I, I think if you would have polled people and you would have said, hey, OU is going to outrush Florida State, I would have thought they would have thought you're psychotic, but that's exactly what happened. 253 yards on the ground. OU ran it 60 times. They ran so many insane, plays. Insane. So many plays. 4.2 yards per carry. Florida State only ran it 34 times, 169 yards on the ground, five yards per rush. It didn't really feel like that. Obviously, you know, Florida State lives and dies by the chunk plays. The game was not as consistent. I think the only really running back that that did anything on the ground was Trayshawn Ward. Oh, you know Shout me. Out to I love the Ocho. Absolutely love the Ocho. Um, Florida State did its damage in the air, man. 418 yards. Wilson, we talked about over 200 himself. I thought Ontario Wilson had an awesome game, dude. Great. 
great catches, um, and then some mostly kind of it, it was one of those games that we saw at the beginning of the year with like the carousel of which guy's going to be the stud. It wasn't really mm-hmm. the committee approach. You know, some some minor contributions from Malik McLean. Um, oh, dude, Markets and Douglas. Awesome yeah, game. Great big biscuity hands, man. So it was awesome. Uh, but like I said, I guess we can start from the game chronologically, like at the beginning, Adam. I was... I do think that Florida State thought that they were going to be able to run consistently over Oklahoma, and they just yeah. couldn't. And do you think yeah. that that was due to like Venable's scheme, the movement, where the guys just getting physically beat up front? Uh, Florida State has schemed around it well, and their trenches have improved on both sides this year, mm-hmm. but they're not there yet. They're not yeah. there yet with the dudes, and they're not there yet with the depth. And I think that this game highlighted what was given the Florida State offense so much fit, so many fits in the first half. Yeah, the first thing that's giving me fits is make sure we're hitting the like button. All right, do that. Do that right now if you can. Hit the like button. Smash that sucker if you need to. Oh, God. Uh, You're using the YouTuber terminology with the smashing of the like button. I I just thought that that they were dedicating to stopping the run game. They were going to live and die by letting Jordan Travis and and these wide receivers try to hit chunk plays. Um, they, they They played with what appeared to be a light box, but they rolled a safety down. They played a lot of one eye. Rolled a, rolled a box safety down into robber position, and played him played him in the hole, um, and and really got him active, involved in the run game. Their linebackers were really good. I was like, yes, very surprised. athletic, right? I didn't watch a ton of them because it's a bowl game and it really doesn't matter. Um, it's obviously super exciting to get the tenth win and get the dub, but I just didn't do a lot of prep on them, so I was shocked. Number twenty eight was an absolute freak. Um, that dude was flying all over the field making plays. So I, I just thought that they, I thought that they dedicated to stopping the run game and you still were able to kind of consistently get three yards you were able to stay ahead of the chains with the run game you didn't get the huge explosives outside of a couple Treshawn run uh, ward runs i know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say well why didn't they stick with him maybe that's true i think that uh i think sticking with with trey benson's the right play though uh ultimately but Treshawn, hats off to, if this is his last football game in a florida state uniform what a way for him to go out Major hat tip to him. Super impressive kid. Great game. Um, but yeah, OU was just dedicated to stopping the run. I thought that they really were going to dare Florida State to have to throw the football. And Jordan Travis said, I got something for you. What did you think about Florida State's defensive effort in the first half? Oklahoma is a team. Is it, It's an elite offense. It really is. An elite offensive mind. That tempo is psychotic. And they held him to 17 points in the first half. It could have been a lot worse with the way the offense was sputtering. They kept FSU in the game. Now, I think there was a little bit, especially just on third downs and in like very like crucial situations they faltered there was a lot of space in the backfield i didn't there yeah. you know the oklahoma wide receivers are talented that mims kid is talented mm-hmm. um the sawchuck kids a wonderful running back like they have some talent at the skill position left over from the riley years but there was a, they made some tough catches but man a lot of them were wide open and gabriel yeah. even missed some what did you think about the defensive game plan the execution uh it's a different a defense. Fabian love it out, man. Hey, hey, Kev, you're back. Kev's back. Yeah, I, and I definitely want Kev's thoughts on the defense too because he obviously has a lot of good thoughts on that. I, I thought they play really undisciplined tonight defensively, um, which is a trend of sorts in the defensive secondary. I discipline I thought was lacking at times. Um, I just think they didn't handle the stacks very well. They give up the inside against these stacks just like it's – stealing for the right wide receivers. Mm-hmm. thought they really struggled handling that stuff, which is 
uh, and also a trend for them in the secondary. Um, whenever OU saw number 35 on the field for Florida State, they went at him in space, which is a big mismatch. I thought they attacked um, Tatum Bethune. I thought they attacked DJ Lundy. If they thought they had a, an opportunity to attack a player on Florida State's front seven with speed, they went at him, and they kept going at him with the tempo. And I really thought that that's where they found a lot of their offensive success. And then they just attacked this undisciplined secondary that's forced to run two coverages every game because I don't know why they can't do more stuff than this. They obviously run more than two. I'm I'm being a bit dramatic, but <laughs> you uh, think that they're a little they were a little vanilla in the back end tonight, especially vanilla. when you compare yeah, this... that to a first year. Like Brent Venables is a is an elite defensive mind, but it's also his first year as a head coach. It's and the same I... shit every game. And teams know what their teams know what they're going to get. Right. They know predictably what they're going to get in situations, and they go out there and attack it. You can see that based on all those. Uh, I don't know the, the run play. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. It really just looked like outside zone um, on those third down runs. They had the one went for sixteen, almost picked up a, a big first down on a third and like twenty. They had the yeah. touchdown. The touchdown late. They hit it another couple times in the game. They they just know what they're going to get, and we don't we don't have a lot of answers. And I don't I, think Adam, I don't think Coach Fuller, I don't think he finds a lot of answers in games sometimes, and it's frustrating against these against these good offenses that we can't stop some of this stuff. I think they dialed up some of the pressure a little bit, kind of unleashed like Robinson. They were mm-hmm. flying around. They did get some stops, and it is yeah. it is an elite offense, even when the guys that are out. That's fine. Yeah. But I think that we talked about in the middle of this year around like that NC State game was Florida yeah. State's offense becoming like an easy scout a little bit, right? Very right. predictable as far as the things they want to do. That changed with Clemson, and it changed the rest of the year. And I don't think that was ever a problem, but it may be on the defensive side of the ball that's something that we – something that we might need to take a look at in the off season of ways that they can improve. Um, Kevin, what'd you think about the defensive performance? Do you agree with Adam? Um, a lot of it is too, man. That's a good Oklahoma offense. Can I, can I just say before Kev jumps in with his thoughts about this, Uh huh. I, I look at the offense and the defense of, of this team. And I, this is all I want to really talk about the defense this little bit here. Cause I don't want to be negative. Right. I look at the offense. They maximize everything they do. In a game, every position gets the most out of it. Every play gets the most out of it. They're not often out schemed, whatever. Right. Defensively, can you say that? When, it's, you it's, at, when, when you look at this defense, it feels like the secondary is often outplayed, often out of position. It feels like the linebackers, I think that they're, they've gotten better, but I don't think that they're 100% there. D line, I feel the same way. Like when you have to play 35, like, no offense to Leonard Warner, that's not a guy we should be playing. It's not a guy that they should have to rely on. He's worked really hard, hat tip to him, like amazing credit to him. But having to rely on him to play tons of snaps against his spread offense is really leaving yourself shorthanded. But I just feel like they don't maximize what they what they try to do. To me, what it seems like, and Kevin, I want to see, get your thoughts on this. Obviously, Oklahoma did a really good job attacking laterally. But I, th- I feel like with our defense, a lot of times it's like damage control. Like limiting the worst possible, right. ca- it's like just no worst case scenario, and we'll live with what we can live with. That really shows itself on, and I don't want to speak out of turn as far as like the third down conversions. I don't know if they're one of the worst third down allowing teams. I don't want to speak without any data. 
But man, the third down conversions that they give up are big, man. Like third and fifteens, third and seventeens, like third and twenty. Game. Yeah, it's it, it does seem to be a trend. So, Kev, what do you think? Is it is it is it is it something that we can fix? Is it just going to take better players? Because I thought that this game showed we're still kind of dealing with the vestiges of um, not having the type of Florida State level roster yet. We're getting better, but we're not there yet. Is it? Is it co- is it scheme? Is it personnel? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I hope my uh, sound is a little bit better, but um, yes, it is. Uh, so I, I think I agree with everything that AB has been saying up until this point. Um, it's a little frustrating. I think when I think about it, they they don't have answers. So early on in the game, you saw that they were trying to kind of I mean they, they were trying to mix up their pressures all game um but then when they did bring pressure it meant that they had one-on-ones on the outside and their corners were losing it um even if they kept too high their corners were were getting beat so quickly that it didn't matter and then if they kept too high to try to keep them from throwing the ball their defensive line was losing and it felt like when it's at that point there's no answers and so um I think there's some some grace in the sense that I do think that there was uh, a lack of of winning individual matchups on defense that that really hurt this team. But I also think that by the end of the season, you very rarely see situations where Adam Fuller has schemed open wins for the defense. You don't see too many stunts that are getting guys wide open. You don't see too many blitzes that are are not picked up by defenses um mm-hmm. it's just it feels like yeah it feels like what you're saying is that there, there's there's a disconnect of yeah they're they're not the most talented defense um but they're not they're also don't feel like they're being given wins by the scheme I, there's nothing about the scheme that's bad necessarily but it, it feels overly safe and when you know that you have a talent disadvantage on the interior defensive line and at cornerback it feels like you need to be creative and they just haven't been. I think that that's a fair assessment. And I think the offensive versus defensive comparison is stark. You see them getting the most out of kids like Marcus and Douglas and Darian Williamson and even Preston Daniel walk on guys. When Florida State's winning battles on defense, it is really individual efforts. There, there aren't a lot of, it seems like, free runners or very – exotic type of things. We, we don't create a lot of confusion. We're very good at limiting damage. I feel like it's just a damage, you know, just like put the, just keep putting band-aids all over all the wounds, right? And hope you don't die. Now, luckily Florida State's offense was good enough to outlast it. And it's been good. The defense has been good enough to win 10 games this year. So it's, it is interesting. And 5.8 yards for play, Kev, what do you think? Like that seems like a like a fairly like a pretty high number. Obviously, Florida State had eight yards per play, so the, our offense was elite. What did you think about what, what did the metric show? Are we or is what we're saying playing out in the data? Are we being a little bit too hard on the defensive performance? What What do you think? What are these numbers telling you? Yes, yeah, so I think I'm beginning to to kind of see it as when you see defensive head coaches get head coaching positions, they tend to find offensive coaches that they feel like play complementary football mm-hmm. guys, that guys that are going to slow the game down, let them play a defensive slugfest, And maybe like this defense Norvell feels like it's complementary to his offense. Like this bend it don't break. Maybe you can force some field goals, but the, the offense is going to turn around and get touchdowns. 
maybe that's that's kind of the idea. Um, and if that's the case, then that's not something that's going to change with Fuller leaving. If this is kind of what Norvell is wanting, then that's that's on the head coach, not necessarily on the defensive coordinator. Sure. He's the one yeah. that that decides the the big picture of how these things are going to work. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that I think that I mean it was complimentary football. I, I'll this this year. I expected this defense to be top 25. And unfortunately, uh, when Lovett went out, that kind of went out the window. I think you still ended up with like a top 35, top 30 defense, according to most of the advanced metrics, which is pretty decent, which is pretty decent defense. But I think that moving forward, if you want to get into that top, you need to be in the top 20, top 15 range. If you're talking about college football playoff contender, you need to be in the top 10 range if you're talking about potentially winning this thing. Um, yeah. I think Norvell's going to put together a top five offense. Um, I don't, I don't buy complimentary football as an argument. Um, look at, look at Oklahoma. I think they're going to have a great team. Totally not complimentary, right? He was a defensive coordinator that went out and got an offensive coordinator who he knows is going to score points. He said, I know it's going to hurt my defense, but I want the best offense and best defense. And um, I think that's going to pay off in the long run for them. But yeah, I do I, too. I just, I, I am kind of, you know, like it's limiting yards per play, but giving up points really what you want at the end of the day, right? Points win and lose games. Yeah, there is always a dichotomy of like Florida State is always leading in the metrics and they always have less points to show for it. It just seems like teams are very efficient against us. So it's, yeah. I, it's, you're close, like you said. Top, you want a top 20, top 10 defense. You got like a top 30, top 35. You're close. So it's, I think you're talking about, you know, is it tweaks? Is it a major overhaul? I don't really know. This is all going to be fascinating stuff to talk about uh, for postseason analysis. Mm -hmm. I did think the defense showed up in like um, situationally, like we, we talked about earlier, the third downs were a little rough. But props to Amari and Duke Cooper, man. Awesome tackle. Getting that turnover when the team desperately needed it. That's a championship-level play. Jared Verse at the end, especially when it was a pure pass-rushing situation, when Oklahoma was forced to make themselves one-dimensional, he ate. They ate in pass-rushing. That's a kid that I hope comes back next year because I think that he's got potential, like really high first-round potential if we can round out his game a little bit. Um, kids showed up. I thought Renardo, I love Renardo Green, man. I thought that he played a pretty solid game. Um, and Lundy, Lundy, Lundy looks totally different from first year Lundy, man. Mm -hmm. That was good. I, there, there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff, but obviously the heap there's of the praise. Yeah, there is a ton of good stuff. I, I think you're right. And I think we should highlight that there have been players that improved. Yep. They're bringing in, they know that they got to bring in more talent on that side of the ball, especially on the trenches. And, they're doing a good job with that, man. I was I was just thinking to myself, man, put Daryl Jackson in there, put that Braden Fisk kid in the rotation. God forbid you bring back like Love it in verse. That's just that's terrifying, man. That really yeah. is terrifying. So the little that's where bit they gotta get better. I literally text Ingram in the middle of the game. Shout out CEO of uh the battle's end, Ingram Smith. I text him in the middle of the game like the line of scrimmage has gotta keep getting better. It's gotta keep improving. And obviously, you know, he has no control over that, but <laughs> it just it's immediately what popped in my head as I was watching that football game like just keep getting better up front that's that's the name that's the next step for this team I think is you keep getting bigger stronger faster on your d-line bigger stronger faster on your offensive line and you're going to be able to take those next steps I agree it's just a little bit of meat left on the bone right yep. man that offense yep. is so good and with the players that they're getting in 
Um, just got to have that defense kind of play a little bit closer to that level. And, man, this team can be really, really special. It's already a 10 win. Speaking of the offense, uh, Adam, what did you think of the offensive game plan? Uh, sputtered only 11 points, I think, in the first half. Mm-hmm. After that, they scored 24 in the second. And Jordan Travis was letting it fly, dude. Yeah. He looked, man, great passing game. I really thought he had a wonderful game through the air. Didn't utilize his legs a ton. Um, When he did, God, he's so effective, man. He's so effective when he does. I cannot wait to have him back for another year. Legitimate Heisman candidate. And, God, what a star that kid is, man. What a star. I thought the game plan was smart. I mean, they were going to stick with a run game as much as OU was going to let them run it. I mean, OU really committed to taking the run game away, like we talked about earlier. They played with that robber in the hole and just were like, screw it. You're not going to run the football on us. And it didn't seem like running Jordan was really an option, and it shouldn't have been. This is a bowl game. It's super exciting that they won, but ultimately the game just doesn't matter in the big (coughs) picture. Um, So smart not to run him a ton. He did did obviously take off on a couple scrambles, a couple of keeps, but not a ton of stuff. Uh, I know some people, uh, and Kev actually texted the last – the last play before the field goal to win the game that he could have kept it. I don't think he had an option to keep it. I think they wanted to run the ball in the middle of the field, make it an easy field goal and force OU to go drive the football. Um, so I didn't think that there was a keep there for him, but they were going to take explosive. This has not been a great secondary. It played out in the game that it wasn't a great secondary. They, oh, went, yeah. at it, they went at it hard and fast and all the time. And I mean, just look at the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves of what they were able to do. Jordan still locks on to Johnny too much. I thought the interception, he kind of – he just locked on and decided he was going to throw there. It wasn't open. Um, he just trusts Johnny that much. Uh, a couple drops cost him really in the first half. I thought they they didn't look like they were in sync, but some of that was just drop balls. Uh, yeah, I agree. I you make a couple more catches in the first half, you're, you're probably leading at halftime and running away with this thing. Not running away, but putting up more points than what you did. Um, no, so I, I – I kind of like disagree yeah. for half a second. I thought I did oh. not like the game plan coming in, um, and I, I thought that that he was too slow to adjust when he saw that o- Oklahoma was was bringing everything to stop the run. It wasn't really till the third drive that you started to see play actions. You started to see the RPOs that were, was really trying to take advantage of the aggressiveness, and it felt like they it felt like they felt like they could walk in and and run it against Oklahoma stacking the box and they couldn't yeah and we and we talked about that i mean we talked about that via text through the game mm-hmm. i do think that you're feeling them out though uh you know they you're going to go into a game and you're going to take those for that first drive and then first drive plus however many plays it is and you're going to get a sense of what they're doing um they started go you know they they started going to wag they ran a little bit of waggle they started m- moving the pocket a little bit they started playing yeah. off the play action more in the rpo game more but I don't know. I, I I thought that they had plays there in the first two drives. They didn't capitalize on them. Jordan has a horrible overthrow that was or a misthrow that was. There's some off. miscommunication issues. Yeah. Cam McDonald dropped a ball. Wilson dropped a ball. I'm not going to say anything about Wilson because Mike, Micah Pittman up? runs a runs a, a, a route way too deep on a third and third and uh, short or third and medium. I just thought there were they didn't seem in sync early. I, Rust, I yeah, yeah it, it looked rusty, and it looked like yeah. a team that expected to come out and our bread and butter is like counter outside zone. We're going to run it all over this not very good Oklahoma defense, and Oklahoma dialed it up, came to play, and said, you are not going to run your base stuff against us. 
I was I in that group chat with you guys, and I was like, man, Kevin, and I think you were right. Like, we need to start taking aggressive. We need to start taking uh, advantage of this aggressiveness. Uh, and they did do it. They did do mm -hmm. it finally. And it's it's not flipping a switch, right? I mean, you run a game plan uh, for a month of what you're going to do in the bowl game, totally flipping it on its head. It did take a little bit longer than we would have liked. It still happened, though. And there's a lot of coaches where that never happens. They just yeah. run their stuff to death. So I credit to the offensive coaching staff. Uh, just credit to Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson. I thought – I still think that it is nuts – Coming from what they came from last year, that wide receiver core, man, with a group of transfers where you thought was going to be your most productive guy, Winston Wright, didn't even play the entire year. How much of an absolute weapon that room is. They were the worst in the – definitely worst in the conference. Bottom 10, bottom 15 in the yeah. entire country. And, dude, Florida State's running game didn't really get it done consistently today. It was that passing game, man. Kudos. Kudos to the coaches – Dugans, Norvell, all those guys, man. Tony Tokars. Um, we don't talk about him enough. Uh, Jordan Travis's development. He looked like a top tier passer. And and think about think about when Jaheim Be Jaheim Bell, Kyle yeah. Morlock, get those guys integrated in. Some of those new, some of the beef on Jeremiah Byers, Keandre Jones. Um, I don't know, maybe Casey Roddick. I don't know what's up with that. But God, dude, that. That team with Jordan Travis, with an infusion of more talent, I cannot wait to start lying about next season, guys. We are on the rise, dude. We really are. It's awesome. And we're, I don't want people to think we're nitpicking. We've got to give our objective analysis of the game. And like I said earlier, I think it's good because we, we're not there yet and we need to talk about it. But God, next year is going to rule so hard. I'm so excited. And I think you want to, I think there's a lot of people optimistic about on the defense too i think you look okay. at patrick payton i think you look yes. at farmer i think you look at az thomas i think you have shaheem brown these are four guys throughout the defense that you can build off of that that will develop and grow more i mean az thomas might be your best corner and he's a true freshman he looked um, good this game i thought he looked very physical there wasn't he wasn't much of the culprit of the blown coverages and josh farmer dude Getting a fresh farmer in next year with getting some of that protection with Fisk, Jackson, maybe love it. Who knows? Um, that kid's a wrecking machine. God, they played good. They play, Yeah, you're right, Kevin. I think that's a really good point. They have some awesome building blocks that they're adding to, and um, it's homegrown dudes, dudes that Norvell recruited and dudes that Norvell is developing. So it's there's bright spots everywhere. Um, any yeah, any other – Any? go ahead. I think that um... – it's the depth. The depth is the reason why you're not putting these teams away, right? You, yeah. You're down to your second or third tackle. You're thin on the defensive line, and teams just take advantage of that. And, you know, like well, things we were talking about earlier, do you think in two years you're going to have Leonard Warner-level player out on the at defensive end that teams are going to take advantage of? Probably no, not, no. right? Like, do you, I, do you really think that this is the the – the peak of the corner play that we're going to see under, under the staff, probably not. Right. You can mm -hmm. get more people in these, these players are getting better every year. And I think that's, that's where Florida state is a top 15 team right now. They're not a top 10 team and it's because they don't have that depth. They don't have the guys that can step in after Fabian Levitt comes and still beat other top 25 teams. 
That's a great point. And if there's a team, for all things Oklahoma, they've, they've played some flawed, they've had some bad luck, but if there's a team in the country that's going to test your depth, man, Oklahoma's top. Like They're, they're going to put players. you through a buzzsaw. Uh, Adam, do you agree with Kevin's assessment? I think you're right. It is just the depth. We need to get bigger, stronger, get some – the talent needs to be raised, but – you can tell, and I think that they know it too, with especially the Battles Inn's efforts to retain so much of that roster as opposed to immediately going for like young high school, like flashy recruits. Uh, I think that that is going to be a strategy that will be mimicked because they keep the meat and you add to it. I mean, do you agree with Kevin's um, takes on the depth? Yeah, the depth's got to get better. I mean, look, the ceiling of this roster, the floor of this roster, it's all got to keep improving. and You can never... You can never rest on your laurels. You've got to keep pushing the, the limits of what you can do, of bringing talent in, developing that talent, acquiring talent through the portal. They just got to keep pushing. But it seems to me like they've pushed all their chips in for next year, bringing Jordan Travis back, making a major play to try to bring Love it first, Robinson back. You know, there's who knows who's coming, who's going, but they've made major plays to try to bring all those guys back. Johnny Wilson going out, being super aggressive, getting, uh, the number one and the number four, number six D tackles in the portal, um, going out and getting the two stud tight ends in the portal. Like it feels as though they've really pushed their chips in on 23. Uh, So continue to do so. Don't stop. You know, I thought tonight you look, you you looked out there defensive end, Pat Payton playing a ton of snaps, Jared verse. And then you got 35 out there and you're forced to play him. He's not here next year. Don't let that be an issue next year. You know, go be aggressive. The, the depth that Kev's talking about, but look, go get a guy to push Jared Verse if you can, if that is available in the portal. You know, if uh, the Edmund kid out of um, out of South Carolina or the uh, young man who just entered from Wake Forest, if those guys make your team better and you are truly pushing the chips in, go try to acquire those guys, get them on your team because don't let there be excuses at the end of the year that you know an injury here cost you or whatever. I'm with you. Add to because what you've got right now, the meat of it's really special. You got a 24 recruiting class that is looking good. There was a bunch of talent in the stands watching them play. It's good, it's good times. And the thing is, is that not only like should Florida State fans be excited about the results, it's an exciting team to watch, man. Like yeah. there have been like four or five games this year that have absolutely just visually, like I'm telling, I live in Iowa. People are telling me how much fun Florida State is to watch again. It's good vibes here, boys. We're covered in Cheez-Its. The vibes are positive. We got 10 wins. I did no nobody thought about it and it's it's going it's it's going awesome. I can't wait to talk about all the fun additions in the offseason. I can't wait to I think we're going to do some nice like retrospectives on how we got there and where we go from here cuz now the 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 expectations are higher as they should be, mm-hmm. but I Man, do I feel good. I have not felt this good in so, so long. I did it's not feel this good in 2016. It, this, this feels, yeah. it feels sustainable, and it feels very, very exciting. So anything else you guys want to add as um, one-third of our, you know, I mean, we are the Cheez-It champions. So anything you guys want to add as co-Cheez-It champions along with No, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it was an amazing season. I mean, not just on the field for Florida State, but us as a – as a group joining Knowles 24 seven. Yeah, good for us. Continuing to push to 10,000 uh, subscribers on X's and Knowles. Just try, just keep, we're climbing just like this football team is. So obviously we want to say a big thank you to all the, all the people out there that take the time out to listen to what we've got to say. 
Uh, yeah. This was an incredible year. I know sometimes we get on here on these instant reactions and we talk about negative stuff or whatnot. I mean, I couldn't be more thrilled. I'd love to be sloppy drunk, screaming my head off right now, but that's just not where I'm at in my life anymore. So it's this was an incredible year. It's so much fun to be a Florida State football fan again, getting back to the 10 wins and continuing to increase what are our expectations of what this program needs to be again. Well said. Kevin? I think AB said it said it miraculously. Um, no, this has been a great season. We thought it was going to be a seven eight one season, yep. and now yep. look at us with double Brilliant. digits. Uh, we've been, you know, we we've probably been as optimistic as most, defending some a lot of this coaching staff when other people haven't been. Um, and I, I think as much as we we criticized in this last thirty five minutes, there's been a lot of great uh, coaching and a lot of great football yep. that we've gotten to watch as Florida State fans, and. Uh, I just I think it's a good retrospective to think about three months ago. We would have been we would have been so stoked with 10 wins and, and now we're we're wanting better, but that's just what this program is and, and hopefully the direction that it continues to go. But I think I think we need to to cherish this, enjoy it. Um I mean most most college football fans don't get to see their ten team win 10 wins very often. Yep. So uh Enjoy what enjoy what we have. Continue to help support us and the football team. Um, and uh, yeah, go find us at Knowles two four seven X's and Knowles. Like and subscribe. We'll be putting out off season content. Check it out. What what you know? I was thinking about it while Kev was talking. Like the things that are going to stick out to me the most from this year. Like a lot of times you reflect on a year and it's certain plays and certain that you know stuff like that. I think what stands out to me the most is some of the sideline stuff. The Jazz turning time situation tonight where everybody rushed the field to come. Crazy, come. man. I never see – I can't remember a time where I saw that. I've been watching college football my whole life, man. That was really Mike's, incredible. Yeah. Mike's moment with Deuce Span. Like, those are what are going to stick out to me this year. I, I just thought we, that we saw this program take a turn, and it wasn't just about wins and losses. Everybody's so results-oriented. We saw the process take a major change. Everything that matters, the meat and potatoes of the football program, took a major change, and that's what excites me the most. I'm with you, man. The program's in good hands. You guys are in good hands with us. We have, I 100% appreciate all the time you guys have spent with us coming on Knowles 247. Been an amazing year. Hopefully next year, a little less night games. That would be (laughs) a lot better for my personal schedule. But, dude. It doesn't matter. Even if every game starts at uh, 11 p.m., we'll be here with you because we love you guys. We appreciate the time that you said. We hope you have a happy new year. We are going to be coming fast and furious with all the content everywhere. It's going to be nuts. So subscribe to everything that we're on. And um, <laughs> 10 wins, baby. Feel it cheesy. I love it. Love you guys. Happy new year. And we will, as always, we will see you soon. There is no rest for Knowles 24-7. <laughs> Good Knowles. Keep chopping. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 